Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Straight to the run. Skips out of a tackle. He's at the 50. Cuts back at the 45. Running room 40 down the middle. 35, 30. Straighter to go. 25, 20, 15, 10. Five and in. Garrett Schrader. A blur. Up ahead to Buddy. A foot fake. A three. He's got it. And the yards are up a half dozen. Schrader takes. It's a two-man rush. Schrader steps up. Pop pass up the middle. Parker's got it. Room to run. 15, 10. Hit. Hit in. Burnley touchdown. Up ahead, it's Jimmy Beheim before the defense is set. He lets it rip. Book it for Jimmy. Snap back. Schrader hit on the release. Ball's down the seam left. Alfred reaches up. He's got it. He's into the end zone. He's off the Never Never Land. Oh, my Benny Williams. Up in the air. Blocking a shot in the next week. This is Double Down with Michael Lear and Tommy Hogan. They see it. They see it. Yes, this is Double Down with Tommy Hogan, but it is not with Michael Lear tonight. He has Big J duties tonight. He is the voice of the Utica comments. Not a big deal. So Jordan Capozzi will be the one filling in. I now get an hour to talk about my odometer, even though Brent Axe didn't want to talk about it. For all the gamblers out there tuning in, they believe in that juju, and I firmly believe that. Jordan, I know you believe in it. What do you think? The odometer undefeated it actually matters, right? I think the odometer matters. However, you did have some absolute like crackpot theory about whether or not it matters if you hit the target on the way back no, no, no. from the game. So here's here's what I was trying to get across to Brent X, but he wouldn't allow me to, to speak my mind. First Amendment, Brent X, how about that? Free speech as he's just turning my mic off. Hey, that's why you have the show after he leaves. Exactly. I guess you're right. But no, so I am 361 miles away from hitting 44,444 miles. All right? The best case scenario, in my opinion, is to hit that number on my way down to see Syracuse take on a top 10 Villanova team in Madison Square Garden. But... I don't think I'm going to hit that. 361 miles in less than a week is a tough ask. I don't have any big plans over the weekend. Now maybe I do because I believe in the odometer and I would like to see Syracuse beat a top 10 team. But as of right now, I don't have those plans. Now the math I was trying to get across to Brent is that this is an 11.6 mile round trip to work every day. Okay. I've got four more of those left in me. Oh, Four more of those left in me, all right? Okay. Four times 11.6. I thought it was 11.8. 11.6. 5.8 times 2, 11.6. 11.6 times 4. 46.4? 46.4. Well done. I'm bad at math. So wow. That worked. That was unbelievable that you got that. We'll get to sports soon. So there's 46.4 miles off of the 361. I now I then have 177 down to the train station that I then be taking into New York City. So I just want to hit it on my trip. So I need just under 100 miles without the trip with without my trips to work. It's tough. I don't think I can do that. A lot of people in the chat have gotten confused. I've got myself confused. That's what we do on this show. That's what we do on Double Down. James Subo will be coming on next segment to make us not confused. That's a guy who knows basketball, knows Syracuse basketball, was at the game, actually got to see the game. They put me up in the nosebleeds. James Zuba 
Sources can confirm he did not go to the nosebleeds. James Zuba was in the prime Big J seats, did not get moved for an Orlando Magic scout. Don't want to burst your bubble. Are you still on media row if you're in the nosebleeds? We won't go there. We won't go there. I, I redact that statement. I think I still am, but it's it's certainly option B in terms of the nosebleeds. But you got to watch the end of the game yesterday, Jordan, with Eric Devendorf, which was very cool. Very cool that you got to see such an what will go down as an all-timer with him. How was that experience? And then also, what did you take away from last night's game? So, watching the game with Eric on QSports.com, absolutely incredible. Steven Fonzie popped in, too. The thing about Eric, man, he tried to keep it cool through the first uh, first portion that he was here. But then once we got into overtime, he's just yelling, screaming, getting up, throwing Love things. It. Stepping on a table or two. I thought he was going to break something when Syracuse failed to get that rebound on the free throw. He was losing it. Uh, my takeaways from that game are, and I hate to be negative, if you were watching with me the entire first half, I was just waiting for the collapse. Oh, dude, on, it's dude. like that team goes instead of a Up halftime. Se- Tommy, You're it's still like just waiting for a collapse. Tommy, instead of a halftime speech, it's like they go into the locker room and take a nap and then come out. Dude, they're sluggish in the second half. You can't tell me you weren't afraid of that. They are sluggish in the second half, and down at the Toto tried to ask Coach Beheim about that, and he just completely blew it off. He doesn't think that his team's sluggish in the second half. He did. I guess he just thinks the other team comes out hot and has an adjustment for the zone, which, by the way, Coach Bam had an adjustment for the opposing team's adjustment to the zone by going to that 1-1-3. I had never seen that before. I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't either. Did not either. Jim Bayheim, Jimmy Bam, his son, he's known him his whole life, believe it or not. He did not know that he had a 1-1-3 in his back pocket. Had no idea. Coach told him the day before the game, They start practicing it, and he told them that I've had this in my arsenal. I haven't had to use it for a while. I guess against Indiana was the the time to prove it. I can understand. It's like a secret recipe. You can't tell too many people, not even your own. I mean, Jimmy Boeheim, I don't know if you all remember, he did play for a different team in the past, so you can't be giving up all your secrets. Those Ivy League guys know how to use them. Whoa, that's an interesting point. I wonder how those conversations were. Did, like Jimmy, did Jim and Buddy have to go to a different room and talk basketball at home to get Jimmy out of there? So they, because they were playing Cornell every year. That's interesting. And then once they've already played Cornell, fine, Jimmy, you can you can hear our scouting reports now. You can. That's interesting. You can hear them, but I mean, Jimmy Beheim and Buddy Beheim, they were certainly together last night, and it seems like every single game, that's what we're going to be counting on. It's going to be Buddy and Jimmy leading the pack. Buddy with eight assists, which was sweet. Jimmy Beheim taking more threes than normal, which was nice. That lefty stroke is smooth, and I wish he would take more of those. Now it's just who the heck is going to fill in. Taking more threes, Jordan, was something that you would mention during our watch parties over Thanksgiving. This guy had to work on Thanksgiving Day. He deserves a round of applause. But you would you watched that game, I believe it was the last game against Auburn, and you said Jimmy's got to take more threes. That was a game he only had two or three points. He was not good. His worst game of the season by far. Hey, psst, and you said, shoot more threes, Jimmy. You're a good shooter. Don't look now. Buddy Beheim, three for 11 from deep. Jimmy Beheim, four for nine from deep. There's a new sheriff in town, oh, perhaps. Wow. Whoa. A little family rivalry from the three-point line. 
Also, uh, one big issue that's getting exposed time and time again, and last night it was by the Trace and Race Connection. Yeah. Syracuse just needs to be athletic, man. If Cole's not in position or Jimmy's not in position to cover the backdoor cut, they have no chance. They can't leap with those guys, dude. I mean, Trace Jackson Davis, don't get me wrong, 6'9", 245. The dude's either going to be in the NBA or the NFL, honestly. I'm not sure which. I don't care who you are. I don't want to give up 31 and 16 to anybody. And by the way, Race also had a double-double. And to top it all off, Miller time all night. Wow. How do you not guard that guy? His last name's Cop. He's wearing number 12. He sticks out like a sore <laughs> thumb. Cover him. Uh, well, you said backdoor crate, so I'd like to uh, say hi to Robert in Rochester. Thank you for listening, Robert. Give us a call, 315-437-7644. We love backdoor cuts on the show. We hate backdoor beats. I'd love to hear from that guy again. My favorite call in the history of producing radio. That'll date back to WAER. Plenty of calls there. That guy was unbelievable. I knew it from when he called in just screening the call. He came in guns a-blazing, and I had to throw him on hold before I, he got all of his takes out on me. And he he was not holding back when he got to Brent. That was fantastic. But, yeah, Syracuse wins a thriller, 112-110 in double overtime. The first multi-overtime game Syracuse has won since. The six, six overtime. The six overtime game. James Zuba with that awesome nugget last night. My biggest takeaway from this game, Jordan, and somehow, some way, and I think Brent felt the same way, it was kind of a hard game to take anything away from. Go on. I'm intrigued. We knew the Syracuse offense was good. We knew the Syracuse defense was bad going into it. Both of those things stay true. The one big takeaway is that 1-1-3 defense. A wrinkle I have never seen in my life from any coach not even the guy that sticks to zone, not even the best zone teacher in the history of the sport has really, I've ever seen him utilize that before. They're not so going to keep using it, do Yes, you, they right? will. What? Yes, they will. No. Why would they use it against Indiana and stop? That's not the sort of thing that'll work all season. Do you think it will? It will absolutely be a wrinkle that they will, they will use a lot this season. Just I think line it up in a big like T-shape. What I think you're going to see it because that's the weakness of this team. The, the guards can't, Guard the top of the zone. That the high post is what is killing the Syracuse offense because that pass gets there too easily, and then they're not able to get out to the shooters either. So instead of saying get better at getting out to the shooters, Syracuse has switched to saying, "All right, we're just going to make it tougher to get to the high post now." And you're, it's not just Indiana you're going to play that against. You're going to see it against Villanova. You're going to see it against Florida State. You're going to see it against a lot of the teams in the ACC. And you may see it mid-game, not to start out like like Syracuse pretty much did. They played it early in that first half, got away from it in the second half. You're going to see a lot of it this season. You will. Maybe. We'll see. I mean, covering uh, those spots in the zone will also be harder, specifically the corners. It's harder when Jesse Edwards fouls out like he did. Uh, there He's was the real a point. Deal, Jesse had two fouls and Cole had four. And then somehow Jesse found a way to get three fouls with Cole still at four. I mean, it's... Good on one hand, if Jesse's worst problem is that he's fouling. It's also True. really bad, especially when uh, we're relying on Frank and Benny to get rebounds and it's just not happening. The free throws were falling from Frank, and you love that, but Jesse might be top three most important guys on this team. Yeah, I don't think that's a crazy thing to say. But if you said that going into the season, people are like, yeah. what are you talking about? He just has to survive it. Sure. 
That is a good point, though. When when your biggest issue is you don't stay on the court enough, it's a pretty good issue. Now, it's still a problem, but it's a pretty good problem to have is that you're just not staying on the court enough. My other takeaways from this game, why did Jim Beheim go to Benny Williams, a freshman playing in his seventh game of his collegiate career, instead of Frank Anselm? I know Frank didn't play much at all last season, but still, that's a guy I believe is stronger. I believe is a better player to box out. He's playing center, so he's used to bodying dudes up. And clearly, he's got a clutch gene since he's making four free throws in overtime. Crazy. I I don't. I was shocked when he went to Benny. I don't know either. All I can think of is like, I mean, Benny's a little more athletic. Maybe he thought that I the guess. athleticism would be more important than the size in that situation. But no, I agree. That's. That's brutal. Everybody in the broadcast at the Dome, everybody knew that Trace was coming up with that board. Yeah, and I would have preferred Jimmy Beheim to even be the one boxing him out. Now, maybe they get into one of those switching matches if all of a sudden Trace Jackson Davis sees Jimmy Beheim cross the paint to go to switch sides with Benny. Maybe they'll just keep switching sides. You see that a lot in the NBA. But still, I, I would have, I mean, Benny, I think, would have been my... Th- third, fourth, fifth option. He would not have been my backup option to box out Trace Jackson Davis, one of the best rebounders and big men in the country. My other takeaway, I think Syracuse guarded the pressure really well. I think they got through Indiana's pressure really well. We were talking about it they improved last finally for post-game. Uh, a few more screens in the backcourt might have been beneficial. Yes, and I asked Joe Girard that. Was one of their adjustments to cross half-court when a team goes to full court pressure, just to have Jimmy walk up with him. And he said, yeah, Marek did that a lot with me. So now we're we're going to have Jimmy do it. And it worked. I mean, I guess it's that simple of a fix. Did Joe still have five turnovers? Yeah, he did. He still had five turnovers. That's a big number. You'd like to see that two, three a game, especially when he's he's got the ball the entire game. But he played 44 minutes. Nice. So good. when you play... Good call. Go Cuse. Yeah. So when you, but when you're playing 44 minutes and you have five turnovers in the 35 minutes he'd likely get, then maybe that's around three or four. So okay, I think he I think he was much better at, at controlling the ball and not turning it over. And while we talk beating the press before we get to James and get his expert opinion, last night the play at the end of the game where Joe passed it in the backcourt, got the ball back, and made the huge layup. Devo said he thought that was a lucky pass. Did you Did you think that too? That was a pass in traffic. It's certainly a pass that if it doesn't go the right way for Joe Girard and the Orange, we're all still talking about it right now at 6.15. Jordan, I don't like to make these excuses, but since I was in the nosebleeds in Meteoro, I didn't see that play. I wasn't able to watch, see much basketball. I basically watched the game from a seat on a TV inside the Carrier Dome. Now, did I get good post-game access? Sure did. But I could have watched the game from my couch and seen the same exact, if not more, than uh, what I what I did at the game. We're not there for the point spread. We're there for the dinner spread. Well said. Well said. After the break, the guy, another guy that likes to cover the dinner spread and kind of beat me to it yesterday. He, he took a picture of the chicken riggies and the potatoes, which I'll say were underrated. I was a little harsh when he first sent me the picture, gave my scouting report. I ended up having it pretty good. Chicken riggies were pretty good. Potatoes were the real deal. We'll have James Zuba of the Noons Magician on next. 
Awesome, dude. He's in the Bahamas. I'd like to hear about his stories from the Bahamas. I know you have a question about uh, his trip to the Bahamas. I have a question. I, I yeah. got absolutely no sold earlier in the week, so I'm going to bring it up so I can react the way only I know how. Overreact. Well said. Well said. So after the break, James Zuba, Noon's Magician, next on Double Down on ESPN Radio Syracuse. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> This is Double Down with Michael Lear and Tommy Hogan. James Zuba comes on the show, and it is Welcome to the Jungle. Tommy Hogan here alongside Jordan Capozzi, not Michael Lear, not Big J Michael Lear. If we had any ounce of Big J on this show... It is now gone since Michael Lear will not be on the show tonight. Did you pick me to replace Mike to keep the average height of the show similar? Yes. Okay. Now, that's a absolute ricochet shot to Mike because he's probably three or four inches taller than you, and I don't know if he deserves to be in it, but I like taking shots at Mike, so we'll do it. It's not often I can. Speaking of that, I've got a short king that I saw earlier on the internet that I want to show you. I meant to show this to Brent. I want to show you during the next Twitch break, a Rice running back is an all-time short king, and it had me dying laughing. I'll show you the video. You had me at Rice. Yeah, I'll sh- exactly. I'll show you as you have a plate of food in here. I'll show you uh, I'll show you that after the break, but here is James Zuba, writer for Noon's Magician. James, you beat me to the spread beat last night, so thank you. But I was... I was surprised by what I... I ended up trying it, and I was I was surprised. What do you think? Uh-oh. James not getting us for now. That's all right. We'll go back Put to James. Put the board in into second. remote and I think we'll get him. That'll do it. That'll do it. James, you hear me now? No, it won't. All right, we'll figure it out soon. I'll be but back. But James beat me to the beat of the spread last night which was chicken riggies and potatoes. I the picture he sent did not look fantastic. But I ended up having it, and I was two thumbs up. I was pleasantly surprised. I liked, I liked what I, uh, what I got there. But yeah, we'll talk to James. He was in the Bahamas. I mean, Jordan's got a question about the pigs that James was swimming with. So we'll see what he's got on that. I usually have Mike to fill for me, but today I'll be, I'll be doing all the filling. Well, well, Jordan has a plate of stuffing and egg. I don't even know what's on that plate over there. Good lord! But Syracuse. They win a close one last night in double overtime, an all-timer, a game that the first thing that came to mind after the game was, is this the second-best game in the Carrier Dome in recent memory? Because obviously that Duke game in 2014 sticks out. That is the best game maybe in the history of the Carrier Dome, not even just recent memory. That game's an all-timer. But another game that was really good, and it happened to be Syracuse-Duke, was that John Gillen game. And funny story about that one, I'm in the student section, Jumping up and down, going nuts as he makes a shot. There happens to be a tray of nachos below me, and I am jumping all over a tray of nachos with cold, gross, sticky cheese that ends up all over me as I'm then trying to storm the court. So that didn't go well. Jordan's coming back, worried about the board. Do you think we have James Zuba, Jordan? Uh, No, he's able to hear me out there, but he is not hearing us in here. Ooh. 
Not ideal. You know what we're gonna do, Jordan? I've got a produ- I got the producer in me. You've got the producer in you as well. We're gonna take a break. Okay, that's a really good idea. We're gonna take a break because I want to get James Zuban. I know James, we'll have a lot to talk about with James, so we're going to take a break here, figure out what we need to figure out to get James on the air next segment on Double Down with Tommy Hogan and Jordan Capozzi on and ESPN Radio. While you're waiting, get to QSportsTalk.com because yes. I'll try to do a backflip or something and hurt myself. Yeah. Just for you guys. There it is. Double Down, ESPN Radio Syracuse. You got to know when the hold up, know when the fold up, This is Double Down with Michael Lear and Tommy Hogan. This is Double Down. This is with Tommy Hogan and Jordan Capozzi. We've got James, but we've got him over the phone. You will not see James in his tan coming back from the Bahamas, but you will be able to hear from him and the pigs that he swam with. Unbelievable. Jordan can't wait to hear about the pigs that he swam with. Steve... And Fani apparently could, couldn't care less about, about James swimming with pigs. But Jordan's pumped to, to hear about that experience. So, James, we welcome on writer for the Noons Magician. James, how you doing, man? Doing well. Good to be on. Uh, yeah, you can't see my face, which is okay, because I have a face for radio anyways. And uh, you won't see my laundry <laughs> room. So that's, that's maybe good for the viewers. Hey, man, um, so do we. They just happen to put a camera in our face now. Give James his due credit, by the way. That's, a, that's deputy editor to you. That's a good point. Fair enough. I got you, James. And as a reward, I'm 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 coming in hot, Do Tommy. It. I know you probably should have started. No, no, you. Steve no sold it a little earlier, James. Tell me all about the magnificent experience at the battle for Atlantis, swimming <laughs> with those majestic pigs. How was it? Did did you hug one of them? Did they make funny noises? I need the deets. Man, Steve glossed right over it. He couldn't have cared less. It was like I might as well not even have said it. But, uh, yeah, I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, I was in the battle for Atlantis last week, partially covering the the event for News Magician and partially on it. Mostly, I should say, on vacation. Uh, Part of that was, yeah, we we did some excursions and we got out, and one of those excursions was swimming with pigs. Uh, So, basically, you island hop on boats, you pull up to an island, and there are pigs everywhere. They're in the water. They're on the land. Uh, people are picking up the pigs, the baby pigs. People are swimming with the pigs. They come right up to you. They're not scared. Uh, they can actually swim in the water. Yeah, it uh, kind of sells itself. But, yeah, they, they can actually swim in the water, which who knew that? Um, so, so, so I, you know, I, I took a few selfies and I took a few photos of the pigs, and it was, it was a great time. What was better, James, the water slides or swimming with the pigs? I got to say swimming with the pigs, man. I mean, as fun as the water slides were, it's kind of like a, a quick rush and then you're done. Uh, the, the pigs are just something that you can't really do every day. I mean, that was a really unique experience. And, uh, you know, just kind of being around them and, and seeing them swim in the water, that that was really cool. Uh, you, don't, you don't see that every day. So I, I definitely have to say the pigs. All right, James. So one of my, I, I guess, takeaways from last night was that I really didn't have many takeaways from last night. It was kind of strange. Big win. But I just didn't have this huge takeaway like, oh, yeah, Syracuse has found it. They found what they needed to to find to fix it. You have so, you obviously attended the games in the Bahamas. You attended last night's game, had the big J seat. Meteoro jealous about that. They kicked me to the nosebleeds. But what do you, what did you see? Do you think that they have they found something to make an adjustment and, and get back on the bubble? 
Yeah, so, so I, I agree with you to some degree. I think obviously they needed that win. They really needed one of these next three uh, with that game in Florida State this weekend and Villanova next week. Um, I, I think you're right in the sense that, you know, the defense is still the problem. Um, you know, Indiana only had two shooters, and Syracuse failed to locate those guys all night. Uh, Miller Kopp got open looks. Parker Stewart got open looks, and they made them. And they, they weren't necessarily, you know, tough, toughly defended. You know, the, those guys are getting wide open looks, and they're just stepping into their jump shots. So um, I think we know that that's a problem, and the rebounding was a problem last night. Um, you know, Syracuse got out-rebounded by 15, but they did force uh, 25 Indiana turnovers, which is good. You can help make up possessions that way, but it's also a, a turnover-prone Indiana team. So I, I agree in that we kind of didn't really know too much, or we, we don't know that Syracuse has found anything here. Uh, we'll know more after the next two games, but certainly it was it was a win that they needed. It was a game that could have really gone either way, but they, re, they really needed that win just to get on the right side of that. So Tommy had no takeaways. Syracuse had a lot of them, as you mentioned. Syracuse doesn't rebound, but they rebounded with that big win. As Jim Beheim always says, the lack of rebounds for the Orange can be, you know, it can be fixed by these takeaways. But here's the thing. You're not getting 18 steals every game. You're absolutely not. It's much more likely Syracuse is out-rebounded terribly every game. So, James, is there anything that this team can do besides shoot 60% from three to counter that rebound issue? Because you're just not going to have another game, not many of them, where your opponent has double the turnovers you do. You're just not. Yeah, we shouldn't expect that. I mean, Indiana is turnover prone. They turn it over 22 times a game. So that's that's a lot for a ball club. Uh, I think to some degree, the defense has to help your rebounding. And what I mean by that is, you know, some of the open looks that Indiana got, they were just making shots. So you don't even really give yourself an opportunity to get a rebound. And the same with the turnovers. Obviously, you'd rather have a turnover and get the change of possession if you can. Um, but, you know, you, don't, you obviously don't give yourself a chance to rebound the ball when your turning team's over either. Uh, but I think that's really the biggest thing right now. Syracuse just needs to shore up the defense. Teams are getting too many open looks. They're getting a lot of looks from the perimeter, and they're they're making them too. Uh, so that's really one of the things. And then on the other end, you know, Syracuse's offense is obviously very good. Plenty of shooters on the perimeter. I think we saw Buddy Beheim kind of went to another level last night, and he's able to do that down the stretch. But you can't rely on your offense every night. Uh, we heard Jim Be- Jim Beheim say it last night. The defense hasn't been good at any point this season, and that's the one area that they have to improve on the most right now in practice. James Jordan was surprised when I said I do think the one one three can actually be a weapon for Syracuse the rest of the way. Do you think that that can be? I'd be surprised if they went back to it, uh, especially if there are you know teams on the perimeter that can get shots. I think they were just trying to limit the high post keep the ball out of there so you don't have Jesse kind of doing so much on the inside and getting into foul trouble. They, they might go back to it, but I, I would be surprised if it was played with any consistency or, you know, certainly the majority. I mean, they're going to play 2-3 zone the majority of the game, even if they do go back to that. 44 minutes last night from Joe Girard. You know, he still had the turnovers, but he had one big pass at the end of the game, and he had the big layup, found a way to get to the hole as well. Samir Torrance only playing six minutes. I know there's been a lot of clamor for get Samir more minutes, but James, after last night, do you still feel that way? Do you think Joe might have figured some things out? Do you think five for 11 from deep is just too much to take him off the court? Do you think Samir needs to play more, or does Joe just need to play like this? Uh, I think a little bit of both, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. I think Joe really stepped up his play last night. There were a few miscues. 
Uh, he had some bad turnovers. I think, you know, you think back to the errant pass that he had in the first half that just sailed out of bounds. He's going to make those mistakes just because he's not a sure point guard. He's really more of a two-guard playing the point. Uh, but also Syracuse needs to get Samir going as well. Um, we heard Beheim say it in the postgame presser, too, that they kind of need him to play better. And if, if he's not making plays and if he's not doing what he needs to do in there, that he'd rather have Joe and Buddy play the whole game. And given the way that Joe played down the stretch, sure, he made some mistakes. Uh, you know, he's going to do that. But he's kind of an up-and-down player, and he, he made some big plays, too. I mean, obviously, he hit the two free throws late. But I think back to, you know, when Indiana took the lead, he hit a big three. You know, they kind of went under on the screen, and he stepped up, and he nailed it, and it was a really big play. So he's that kind of player. I mean, he can make those plays, uh, especially down the stretch. We know he's a good free-throw shooter. You saw Syracuse wanting to get him the ball and get him to the free-throw line a little bit. I think he gave it up a little bit too early in some situations. But they need him to play better. He's got to have a few less turnovers a game. But I, I think Joe's going to be fine. And they definitely need to get Samir uh, up to speed a little bit. You know, he can he can really help the defense and get in there and make plays and uh, do some other things that Joe can't. So they just they need to get him up to speed, and I think he can help the team as well. And I tried to ask Tommy this. It sounds like you might have had a little better of a view. Eric Devendorf, we were watching the game last night, and on that game-winning layup from Joe, Devo said he thought that pass he made in the backcourt before he got it back was lucky. Did you see the play a little better than Tommy? And do you think that's a lucky pass, or did Joe just thread the needle? I I think he kind of threaded the needle. It's a little risky any time that you jump past like that. Um, you know, the ball can get tipped or deflected, and, and God forbid you come down with it, and that's a travel. But I, I think he saw something there, and he got the ball through, and then Jimmy was able to get it back to him. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's definitely not a pass that you'd really like to make in that scenario. And, and God forbid that's a turnover and two points the other way and you lose the game on a play like that. But, um, you know, I, I think he got it through there a little bit, but it was a risky play. James, I mentioned as you are coming on that an Orlando, Orlando Magic Scout took my seat. Can you – how how does that not happen? Like how – tell me how you kept your seat and I like, – how do I get my seat taken, James? Can you can you help me out in, in making that not happen? Like, give me some tips, please. <laughs> I, I don't have any. I don't know how those decisions no? get made. Uh, you got to put the Orlando scout in the opposite end. You got to do something Agreed, with dude. that. He's he's not a loyal. You know, he's not covering this team every day on a daily basis. He's just there to do some scouting. So you got to throw him. Put that guy up in the stands if you need to. He doesn't get priority seating. Exactly. But. As far as the media, I think it's a little oversold, though. I mean, when you sit there, you got the season ticket holders and the, you know, the the higher the upper echelon and the, the, you know, the people with the deep pockets. They're sitting there, and you can't even see around their heads sometimes. So I think that's a little oversold. It's not not exactly the best seat now. You're right. You're only seeing about half the court. Yes, I got to see a quarter. I got to see a corner, not just a quarter of the court. I got to see a corner of the court. It happened to be on one of the biggest foul calls of the night. Buddy Bam never even touched the guy. I could see that clear as day, but that's about the only thing I saw clear as day in that game last night. Uh, oh, so- that, that's tough. We we got it. We got to get you better, better view than that. <laughs> Thank you. Apparently, apparently the refs couldn't even see a quarter because they made some really bad calls. Yes. I mean, I don't, I don't know about that one on Trace Jackson Davis where he rebounded it off the free throw line. I mean, Benny's got to get that rebound, but I didn't see a foul after that play. And I was just going to touch on that. I'm Jordan, and this is Tommy. So since you're James, you're going to have to be the one to get inside the mind of James Arthur Bayheim. Can you just try to explain why Benny Williams might have been in the game for what could have been a game-winning rebound? Is, is there anything you can think of? Maybe the athleticism, but I don't get it. Tommy doesn't get it. Do you get it? Well, I I wouldn't try to get in the mind of Jim Bayheim. I don't know if Jim Bayheim can get in the mind of Jim Bayheim, But I, mm-hmm. I think... 
Well, Jesse was fouled out, so, so that was one. And then that two, Cole fouled out. I don't, I, I don't think Cole had fouled out of that position, but I think Benny is a little bit better of a rebounder uh, than Cole is down there. So I think that's probably why. But I think you'd rather have Frank Anselm on the side that, uh, or, or Jesse Edwards, whoever is in the game. I think you'd rather have him on the side of Trace Jackson Davis as opposed to Benny Williams. Six of the biggest free throws of the game were facing the, the basket that you are on, James. What did you see there? Were you partaking in the, the student section jazz hands as well? I didn't have my jazz hands up, but the students were awesome last night, man. Yes, they uh, we were. even heard the players, both, both Bayheim boys definitely appreciated it. It was definitely the loudest for a non-conference game that I've ever seen, and I've been to a lot of games in the Carrier Dome. Um, it was it was packed, and the students have been great all year. Not not just in basketball, obviously, but football. They they've been great all year. So it's it's awesome to see. I mean, just the fact that we had the game that we had last night, and to have fans like I actually caught myself in a moment like, wow, this is really great. We're getting a great basketball game, and there's fans here to see it because last year it was dead silent in there. Um, you know, and it's just it's just so much better with the fans. It just really brings out the atmosphere, and it was. It was awesome. It was great to see that crowd last night. I mean, I don't think there was a full 20,000 in there, but it sounded like 20,000. Double down. I'm Jordan Capozzi here with Tommy Hogan. we got news magician deputy editor James Zuba on the line. And, James, I'm making a sports sandwich here for my last question. I started with the Bahamas mm. pigs. I'm ending with the Bahamas beers. I'm pretty sure you posted that the beer selection in the Bahamas was no bueno. Uh, how did you get your fix of booze down there? It, it was of the frozen variety. Uh, yeah, they had Calic Light. They had Sands Light down there. Huh? They actually, if you go to a liquor store down there, because Bud Light's imported, it was like $80 for a 30. Wow. So you, you can't, yeah, you can't do that, especially on blogger money and radio no. money. You can't be spending that kind of money. But, uh, yeah, we, we went with the frozen variety. Uh, they had some uh, strawberry mango daiquiris on Exuma, the island Exuma. And on the resort, I had a couple pina coladas. I uh, had some strawberry daiquiris, so you you can never go wrong with those. I mean, anytime you're in warm weather, it's got to be a frozen drink like that. I was gonna say, didn't even have to get caught in the rain. <laughs> I like pina coladas, but I don't like getting caught in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> All right, James, thanks for coming on, man. We, we appreciate it. Uh, sorry about the technical difficulties. Wish we could see your face in the tan you got at the Bahamas, but we'll it, just it's Michael Lear's fault. Yes, it is Michael Lear's fault. We lost the big J, and everything else went down the drain. What are you gonna do? It's usually how it goes, right? Lost a J, gained a J. Yeah. Yep. So thank you. Thank you for coming on, man. Thanks, guys. And Tommy, we'll have to get a review and analysis of every uh, mortgage board that the Carrier Dome puts out for food this year. And uh, appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks, Jordan. I uh, appreciate you guys. You just got to make sure somebody's got to, somebody over there has got to send me a t shirt from Paulie. I got to get one of those t shirts. What's your shirt size? Right What's your shirt size? Give me, give me a large. Give Let's me a get large. It. Let's get it. I, I might make Perfect. you come pick it up in studio, though. We've been talking a lot about radio and blogger money. Save us the shipping. Come through. <laughs> come through. Shameless plug. That can be done. I'm a short drive away, so invite me down, and I'd be happy to come over anytime, guys. Let's get it. Vulnerable question to ask, James, too. What's your shirt size? Hey, man. Come on. He, Have he, some respect a, for the guest, dude. Uh, no, there's no shame in any shirt size, dude, especially when you're rocking the free subscriber tee with your first month subscription to Q Sports Talk. There's no shame. Only game. The plug and the reset. This guy, I'm supposed to be the one host, and this guy coming in steal the show. Unbelievable. Thank you, James. Stealing your thunder. Appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Always a pleasure. All right. After the break, I think we're going to draft. I don't know. We got six-pack. We've got six-pack after the break.
right here on Double Down, ESPN Radio Syracuse. And I think we can make it so this six-pack has high stakes if we want. I like that. I like that. QSportsTalk.com, ESPN Radio Syracuse. After the break, Double Down. ESPN 97.7 at 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. I want to be a billionaire so freaking bad. Buy all of the things I never had. This is Double Down with Michael Lear and Tommy Hogan. Smiling next to Oprah and the Queen. Every time I close my eyes, I see my name in shiny light. This is Double Down on ESPN Radio, Syracuse and QSportsTalk.com. Tommy Hogan here with Jordan Capozzi. No Big J, Michael Lear. He's got other duties, I guess. I thought you were here with Bruno Mars for a minute. No, see, what I did there was I pulled up the goofy music before... I came back because I can do that now that I'm hosting and don't have Mike to yell at me and have to pot him up because he doesn't know that I'm, I have to stall and get the music up because he'll yell at me when I don't. So thank you for not yelling at me. I know you were pointing at me, telling me, I know what I'm doing, Jordan. I'm not a yeller. No, you're right. You weren't yelling at I'm me. I'm a panicker. You're, you're, you are. You definitely are a panicker. You are correct about that. But we've got a six-pack here. We're... The six-pack has higher stakes. Do we want to let the audience know what the higher stakes are, Jordan, or just it's going to be between us? Hmm. I, I Should we be vague? Sure. Let's just say myself, Jordan Capozzi, and this man, Tommy Hogan, are going to have the privilege to do six incredible interviews coming up, one of them in just a week. Yes. But we have no clue who's going to interview who. Right. So we're going to use the six-pack to figure it out Whoever's pick, so say you beat the spread by like 50 points, that's the first pick. Say your bet loses by like 50 points, that's the last pick, and everything in between. And we're going to draft our interview guests, who you will be seeing in just a week on Q Sports Talk. Correct. Uh, You, by the way, have to go first because it's your show. All right, I can do that. I think that's fair. So let's cue up the uh, goofy music here. We can't just pick those guests because obviously there's a couple of players you want more than the others. So Oof. we're going to make it fair. Hadn't used the word players yet. Uh, it's okay. Look at the point. Look at the <laughs> point. But I usually dip into the NBA on weeknights because that's obviously what's going on the most. But tonight, ACC Big Ten Challenge, a lot of good college basketball. So I'm going to start off with Wisconsin. Playing on the road at Georgia Tech. Wisconsin coming off of a Maui Invitational Championship. They're now a top 25 team in the country. And they're only three and a half point favorites on the road against a Georgia Tech team that lost to Miami of Ohio to open their season. I know they've beaten Georgia since then. So maybe they're back on the right track. But I'm going to take Wisconsin minus three and a half. I think that's a good team. All right, my first pick. It's a little school you might have heard of, Iona. Coached by uh, Whoa. one Rick Pitino. Ricky P. And I am going to take Maris to cover eight. And there are two reasons. One, Iona. They've been playing pretty well lately. Only an eight-point spread against a two and three Maris team. I think that's sketchy. But here's the real reason. We had an intern, Terrence Eccles, who is on the Maris basketball team. Whoa. And Terrence, that is my guy. He awesome, is dude. incredible. 
and I failed him. I haven't been down there to see a game. So, Terrence, this one's for you. You guys have got to cover eight for me, and I might be interviewing one of your friends. I was wondering why you were picking such a dumpster fire of a game, but that makes sense. Credit to Terrence. That, that guy was awesome. He was the best. Man. He was the man. Shout out to Terrence. All right, my next pick. Oklahoma is at home against number 14, Florida. Florida's only a one-point favorite on the road. To me, that makes no sense. And for that reason, give me Oklahoma. We've got another, another line that I think is kind of weird. I'm afraid this one will bite me, but I'm going to do it. The Cleveland Cavaliers have been playing some surprisingly decent basketball this year. They are 11-10. and 10. They're playing the Miami Heat in Miami. Miami's 13-8. Now, here's the deal. Jimmy Butler, he's not going to be playing. Bam Adebayo will not be playing. Miami's still three-and-a-half-point favorite, but I think Cleveland smells blood in the water. This is an important game for them. They want to go in, get this dub against a good team who's weakened. Give me Cleveland plus three-and-a-half. I'm not taking the money line. That's stupid. All right, my last pick here. Louisville is on the road against number 22, Michigan State. Michigan State is a four-point favorite. Now, I believe that this is the game Chris Mack comes back from suspension. Don't care. I was impressed by Michigan State in that battle for Atlantis. They looked pretty good. They lost in the championship and against one of the best teams in the country. It is Chris Mack coming back from suspension in this game. That was impressive, talking yeah. and typing. Yeah. You're good. But Michigan State looked really good. They played Baylor, one of the best teams in the country. They lost by 17, but still, impressive wins over Connecticut. And Loyola, Chicago, a good team. They beat them by two. So give me Michigan State at home. Sparty, minus four. All right, Tommy, I told you, uh, I told you earlier today that I went to bed at 5 a.m., Right? I'm up late. So that means I've got to chase bets. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, not playing for the Clippers. The Sacramento Kings, they've been up and down, but they've taken teams like the Lakers to overtime. They've had some good games. You never know when Buddy Heald's going to explode, and we like people named Buddy here. Sacramento, six-point dogs. I don't think there's a chance they win that game, but I like them to keep it close with the Clippers not having their two-power duo of... Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, give me plus six for Sacramento. And if I end up having the worst three picks, cool. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? All right, that was double down. Mike, I think you saw that we probably need you. I hope, no, I hope nobody clips that, though, because I don't – when you get Mike's head a little too big, it, it gets big. Like, it is oh, – it is brutal when he is uh, feeling himself. So, we'll be back tomorrow. We will have our college football and our NFL board. Jam-packed day tomorrow. Thanks to James Zuba for coming back. Thank you, James Zuba, for allowing me to have the media spread beat the rest of the week. Or the rest of the year. That's an awesome beat to have. Double Down really does cover every spread. Exactly. Well said. That was Double Down on ESPN Radio Syracuse.